Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right, you're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Great talk radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love Pure Gold. Pure Gold. I got two words for you. Pure Gold. <laughs> you guys are awesome. This is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. Hey, how are you today? Pure gold, another episode, folks. We are live. We are ready. We are excited on this final day of June. It is 7.01 straight up. And pure gold, once again, live it on the air. Excited. Today's going to be a bit of a different show. Normally, you are, uh, you are privileged and uh you know, you can please, of course, to hear the dulcet tones of one, Mr. JB, a.k.a. Joe B. But Joe is in uh, parts unknown. He's in undisclosed location, and uh, he's here. He is, uh, he is definitely here, folks. But uh, I decided that it was time for me to, to do the intro and to kind of, you know, lighten the load on my co-host and friend of uh, 40, 50 years. At this point, I've lost track. Folks, if you'd like to be a part of the show, which, you know, it's going to be a special episode in several regards, but it's not going to be our usual 7 to 8.30-ish, uh, 515-605-9796. There's no guarantee that we'll take you, but, you know, then again, who knows? It's pure gold. Anything goes. Joe, Mr. JB, sir, I just, uh, I just need to know one thing as we get the show started, sir. I just need to know one thing. And, uh. I mean, really, what I want to know is, Joe, what, what's the deal? Shame on you! <laughs> You're an egomaniac. You You're an egomaniac. I am indeed, sir. I know you said you had a PSA. We spoke about this prior to the uh, the episode airing live. Yeah. And, of course, uh, I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, whatever you'd like to say, just remember, uh, nothing that you can be sued for or that your goal is going to be taken off the air for. And take it away, sir. I just want to say that if you have something wrong and your family notices, your friends notice, and it's been growing in you for 20 years, maybe you should take it out because if you get really serious and loved ones really care about you, and it's important that we address the problems ASAP, except 20 years later. And All right. That, that is a great point, sir. Definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, not, we're not going to get into all the ins and outs and the specifics of what's going on. Um, again, those yeah. of you who listen to the show, you know that Joe and I, you know, we joke around a lot. We talk a lot. You know, we, we rip on each other a lot. And it's just the way that our, our friendship has always been. But Joe has had some uh, surgery this week. He has something that needed to be taken care of. And, again, not going to get into the specifics of it. But apparently Joe, unbeknownst to him, had been dealing with this for a long time. And uh, that was his whole and the purpose of the PSA is the fact that, you know, Joe's wife was concerned about him, you know, his family, his sister, uh, brother-in-law, I mean, his, his friends, the Pure Gold family, all of us care about Joe a great deal, and we've all known him for, I mean, decades, literally for decades. 
So, uh, Joe, I'm glad to hear your voice. I'm glad that you're doing okay. I'm glad that everything was successful. And uh, I know that you've been through a lot, sir. You have definitely been through a lot. I have, and I'm going home tomorrow. That's awesome. That is definitely awesome. Now, yeah. My question, though, yeah. how much did you have to pay to let the, to have a doctor release you tomorrow? I mean, did you have to write a check? or? Uh, yeah, uh, about 24000 <laughs> So, I, What I want to know is this. When you were in uh, surgery, after you got out of surgery, before, did you at any point ask the doctor or – Possibly, did you say this to the doctor? Stop smoking the Woody Johnson's crack pipe! I didn't, but I didn't expect it to be 13 hours of operating. No, no, I, I don't think anybody did. I remember we spoke about this extensively before, and you were saying something like uh, six hours, and then I purposely did not bother your wife. I purposely waited the entire day. I mean, I wake up super early in the morning, and I'm up, you know, 3.30, I'm up ready to go, but um, I, I purposely waited all day until the evening to reach out to your wife, and then she tells me you're still in surgery. I was like, wow. I mean, I was definitely concerned at that point, but obviously definitely maybe uh, things did work out. It just seemed, I mean, it went a lot longer than we thought, so. Yeah, it did, but all well, and, um, you know, I don't. you don't really know how long 13 hours is when you're out, but, wow, right. that's crazy. It's crazy. What's no, it definitely is. What's Frank? Oh, uh, Frank, are, are you there, sir? Yeah, yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I spoke to Joe earlier. It was going to be four hours if everything went well, eight hours if there was complications. So, yeah, I was just shocked. But then I, I made a comment. I said, if there's one thing that prepared Joe for his body being in one spot for 13 hours, it's our yearly poker tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Joe, um, <laughs> well, I mean, pure gold is not that long, but Joe, uh, did the fries ever arrive from Jumbo's yet? I was just curious. Is, is, are they there? Are they still on the way? Almost. Almost. <laughs> you know, um, like I said, Joe and I have been friends a long time, and we have a little running joke. There was this restaurant called Jumbo. I don't even know if they're still in existence, but out there in Wellington called Jumbo's. And <laughs> And Joe and I ordered French fries from there once. I think it was for Raw because we used to get together for Raw and pay-per-view. And I swear it was like three hours, and we never got our French fries. And then eventually we saw the guy who works there walking down the street, and uh, and we asked him about fries. And I mean that's always been a running joke, but definitely that took about thirteen hours, wouldn't you say, Joe? Uh, yeah, about just about. I was saying definitely, sir. My sister has entered the building. I just want to say thank you for addressing the situation. And it could have been worse, but we addressed the situation. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, and, of course, thank you to your family, for your wife specifically, for getting on your case and, and, you know, laying the smackdown on you and making sure that you went and did what you had to do. It's always been said that men who are married live a lot longer usually because their wives don't want them to die and they want to torture them as long as they possibly can, which I suspect is the case right. here. I know that's definitely the case in my marriage. Um, but they'll take care of you and they'll definitely want to keep you around and kind of push the envelope. So definitely a uh, special thanks to your wife, sir, for, for taking care. I mean, th th this show wouldn't be the same without you. I mean, you know, I don't think Frank can do a Joe B imitation. So we, we, Pure Gold would, would not have been the same if you weren't, if you weren't in, in some capacity, sir. 
I appreciate that, and I appreciate you guys. Really Same do. here, sir. So, so are you are you saying now that uh, your sister is kicking you off the program? I just, I mean, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page here. No, I'm I'm talking with her, and we're talking, and having a good time, and she's looking at me like, "Wow, you're doing a show." <laughs> no, well, I I wasn't expecting you to. I thought maybe you would chime in or whatever. I definitely wasn't expecting you to be on the air. Before the show started, which is, you know, your, that's your thing. Ironically, you got on before I did. Um, but, yeah, definitely, sir. It's always good to, to have you on and to hear your voice. And I'm sure that soon enough you'll be back to normal. You'll be back to the usual Joe ranting and raving about whether it's the Celtics losing or the Mets collapsing or whatever the case is. I'm sure we'll have a lot of time. With any callers or we're good? Uh, no, right now we're, we don't have any callers yet other than Frank, but Frank is, of course, the, the call screener. So, no, we don't have anybody yet. I mean, it is, it is still early uh, on this special, uh, you know, edition, so to speak, of, of Pure Gold. Um, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of things going on in the world, a lot of things in the world of sports and, you know, the world in general and at large. I mean, things that we can address or not address. But, of course, I mean, sir, since you're on, at least at this moment, I'd rather just kind of, Focus on you, and if there's anything you'd like to, to discuss, you know, feel free. Or if there's anything you want us to discuss, I mean, definitely feel free, sir. Yeah, I'll say that shifting a little gears. The Mets are in trouble, but I still think they're going to write the ship to Guam Scherzer, and I think you're going to see in the World Series. Well, um, if there was, if we could change one letter of this clip that I'm about to cl- play, this would be exactly how I feel right now. Wow. I mean, that's pretty much, that's exactly how I feel about the Mets right now. They're falling apart. I'm sure Frank is loving every second of it. They've lost three in a row for the first time all year. Um, they can't hit their way out of a wet paper bag. The Astros completely dominated them this whole year, the, the several times they played them. You know, if the Mets did make it to the playoffs or make it to the World Series, then Odds are the Astros would be one of the teams that, you know, possibly they could come across. So they look bad, sir. They look real bad. They look like they couldn't hit. They couldn't pitch. I mean, well, I mean, Tyron Walker did great, of course, but I mean, Carrasco was awful. Um, Smith was awful. The Mets in general, the bullpen, they just stunk it up. They couldn't, hit, like I said, couldn't hit worth a lick. One run in two games, no good, sir. No good at all. And they're only up by about three games now with the Braves, sir. So that's, that is a definite bad thing. That, but what's this? Nothing. Oh, I'm gonna take it out. Sorry, Dave. Um, talking, and I think it's still June 30th. It's still early. I still think the Mets will make a trade. I think the Volta, the Volpen will add a bat. This is a different team. I think this is a different year. You hey, think Joe, that, but I, I mean, they have to go, Frank. I just wanted to jump in here. I, I think I heard in the yeah. background. The sister might be asking to pull out some plugs. Um, I, I've learned <laughs> in the past that's probably not good, but you never know. <laughs> Don't pull the plug. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, your sister's probably asking the doctor, hey, is there any way we can get this guy off the phone, please? I mean, please, can we get somebody in here now? <laughs> I mean, oh, Joe, you're, you're, you're doing a show. You're in a hospital and oh, you're doing uh, a show, huh? Got off. Is that all? Joe, I know. For your for your efforts, sir. I have to say this for you, real quick. For your efforts. High five. 
Thank you. What were you saying, sir? Um, no, saying that Frank has to be a little concerned that Judge and Stan are carrying the load. I think the pitching is good. I think they're going to get complacent. Complacency is not good in October. I feel like I feel like uh, the Astros right now, man. That that team is putting a scare into both New York teams. They're playing oh yeah. Hey. Joe, let me They're ask you this, sir. Yeah. Um, you talk yeah. you talk about the you you're talking about the Yankees being afraid of Stanton and Judge Kangle. The Yankees are thirty six games over five hundred. Please explain to me what in the world they have to be afraid of. They're fifty six and twenty. The next best team is the aforementioned Houston Astros. They are twenty games over five hundred. I mean the Yankees are the Yankees have nine more wins and essentially like nobody nobody's beating them. You know, yeah, okay, they've lost a couple games. They've lost nine games at home and eleven games on the road. So I mean single digits at home. All star breaks upon us basically. What in the world? They're thirteen games up on the Red Sox. They have everybody's in the rearview mirror. October Please explain how it doesn't matter. Story. October is a different It's June. Story. It's still June. They can win 110 games. I don't care. It's all about October with the Yankees. It is all about October, but the Yankees have nothing to worry about. Literally, they have nothing to worry about. You said Not yet, now, anyway. I mean, even if they lose five games in a row, they'll still be up 30 games. It's all about the playoffs. Yes, but it's June. I don't understand, and Frank obviously chime in here, I don't understand why Frank would be worried about this early in the season. They have dominated. The Yankees have absolutely dominated all year long. Stanton, they were talking on ESPN yesterday about Stanton, you know, is he going to break 61 home runs? I mean, you know, that's, that's a possibility. He's got, what, 28 so far? So, Frank, yeah. I mean, you know, you want to you wanna chime in here, sir? Feel free. No. no, I hear you. I know, you know what it is? It's that New York attitude. Like the Mets see their seasons go down the tubes. And, you know, they start off good a lot of times. And then the Phillies, the Braves, they're always, they're always coming back. It's kind of like a gut reaction for fans. The Yankees, not so much. But, um, but after losing to the Astros and getting knocked out, and I think there's this, this, you know, as good as they're doing, I, it just, it's almost like human nature. You're always looking for something. And you're right, it is hard to complain. The record is ridiculous. And I think even the Mets are going to be fine because I, I just put it on Showalter. I just think he's one of the best managers. And even though they're losing a little bit here, I really don't think it's going to stay. They have a couple issues in their lineup, though, they have to address because it's like a little bit of like it's like a Joey Gallo situation. Yeah, and they're bullpen, you know, and. We talk about Buck. Buck has done a great job. Buck's a great manager, but obviously Buck is not on the field. Um, and ultimately, the, he's he's not the one who needs to produce. It's the team. What worries right. me is the fact that the Braves are only three games out. The Mets have not they've, – they've been playing under 500 for a, a bit now, and they need to kind of get their, their head out of – you know, the tail from between their legs, and they need to go on a winning streak, but that's not happening. So, I honestly, Frank and Joe, I think the Mets are in trouble – I'm not saying that they're going to collapse. There's a lot of people, and I mean, you know, looking at the dirt sheets, looking at the message boards, I mean, a ton of Mets fans absolutely afraid that they have, they are falling apart and that they're being exposed, you know, for what they are. 
by other teams, and that is definitely worrisome. The fact that they just can't seem to get out of their own way. They haven't really gone on a winning streak in a while, and they have seen their lead diminish to almost nothing. So I think that, and considering what time of year it is, I definitely think it, it, it's concerning, to be sure. I think it's early, yeah. like you said. I think the Yankees are in good position right now, but we'll see what happens in October. Yes, I mean, but again, this is like the Mike Stanton thing. I mean, Mike Stanton is not going to be a free agent until next year, but we've been talking about him for three months. Where the Yankees are now, you know, they can't worry about October. October's a long ways off. They're going to win that division. There's no doubt. They're absolutely no doubt. 100% going to win. Give them the division. It's they not about the division with the Yankees. It's not. It's about the right. Playoffs. But what I'm saying is that you can't you can't playoffs. Playoffs. You can't get to the, the playoffs without winning the division. And the Yankees are going to win easily and handily, and they're going to be able to rest some of their players. It, 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 this is not going to be the Yankees aren't falling apart in the second half of the season. This is not going to be some sort of race to the finish line. This is going to be a comfortable. I'd say the Yanks win by about ten games. Uh, that's that'd be my prediction. End of the year, Yanks win by about ten or, or at least. So this isn't going to be some sort of like you know thing where they need to worry about other teams. I have a, really their only concern is going question. to have to be their own their own team and health. I have a question from Neil. He asks, "Does good pitching beat good hitting?" Yes, every time. Does do the Astros have better pitching than the Yankees? Uh, Joe, Frank, you want to take that one since you are the avid Yankees fan? I, I think the Astros have really good pitching, but I'd take, I'd take the Yankees right now. I really would. Right now. But I do I do agree that the pitching beats hitting, especially in the playoffs. I think you're, you're going to throw John Carl that slider away and he's going to swing. That's what I think. I mean, it's possible. Uh, but again, you know, it's so early in the season, so you can't you can't worry about October right now. You know, no one no right. one's going to October. No one is gonna is, is making the playoffs right now. What you're doing now is you're getting ready for the playoffs. You're getting ready for the for the All Star break. Really, I mean, talking playoffs this early is a little bit crazy. But um, right. you know, Frank, if there's any if there's one part of your team that you need to shore up, what would you say? What would you be looking well, for? Well, they keep talking about Gallo and Hicks um, being a problem. Um, their bullpen's been good. I really like the fact that late in games they come back. I think they're either first or second with comeback wins, which is huge because it, it's like a confidence right. thing for teams. You know, they, when, they, when they're losing in the seventh and they come back to win, that's huge. Um, I mean, I remember the 98 Yankees. It, that's all they ever talked about and how confident they were. And it, every interview after the game was like, you know, you guys were down 5 nothing in the sixth. How you, how'd you feel about that? They were all like, oh, we knew. We knew we were going to come back. We knew we, we were going to come back. We are going to be hitting. That's just the way this team is. And I'm seeing that a lot with this team. Good. All right. I think we're at stalemate, so we might as well talk about the last effort I have. And then I'll go. It, which is the Nets, and I don't know if you heard Frank, but Durant, Durant wants out. Yeah, I mean, I saw your text on that, and it's weird because 
Kyrie signed. So everybody's going, right. oh, you know, everything's going to be fine now. Everything's going to come together. Maybe Simmons will be healthy and they'll get a couple pieces and they'll be great. And it was a, kind of a shocker to, to read that today. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. I think the Knicks, Knicks and Nets are always a teams that are in flux and they never are good like the Celtics and the, the Bucks. I think they're a winning team, but you talk about the Nets and Knicks, like, they deserve a championship. They really do. I agree. And when you say good like the Celtics, I'm assuming you mean good enough to go to the uh, NBA Finals and then get embarrassed by the opposing team. Is that is that what you meant by good? Just out of curiosity. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, Frank, when I read that earlier, I know you're a Nets fan, um, I, was, I was surprised. I read about Kyrie just a couple of days ago, so I'm thinking, okay, well, everything's fine in Netland. But the Nets seem to be like what the Mets were before Steve Cohen bought them. They seem to be a, like a dysfunctional organization where nothing seems to go right. I mean, would you say that, that is a, that's an accurate uh, depiction? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me last season, especially near the end with Simmons, like I guess he was just playing everybody, playing the media, playing everybody because – you know, everybody kept waiting for him to play, and it's almost like he knew he wasn't going to be playing. And I don't know. It's funny. Like I said, Kyrie signs, and then he, the next day, Kevin Durant's like, I want to be traded. It's a, it was supposed to go – maybe it was almost like Durant was expecting Kyrie to leave, and he was just waiting, and then he right. was going to say, I'm gone too, and then everybody would just blame Kyrie the whole time because it would be I like, remember. oh, Kyrie would sign. Just remember, Frank, that Golden State did not need Durant to win champions this year. Yeah, but the Nets need them, you know. Uh, I'm the Nets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I was talking. <laughs> I can say this much. When the Nets got Harden and they got Durant and they got Irving, I didn't expect oh. us to be in this situation. I didn't think this is the conversation that we'd be talking about, Frank. You know, this in this off season with the Nets essentially possibly being stuck with only Irving, you know, after such a short period of time. Yeah. I, mean, I I don't know if it's definite with Durant. I gotta do a little more research on that, but it does sound like once you ask for a trade, I mean that doesn't right. sound good. You know. The only thing the only thing I have left and I go is that the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup and uh I predicted in five but it was six, but I thought Tempe was gas, and congratulations to Colorado. I mean, if you want to talk about predictions, sir, I predicted that the Nets would lose uh, the Nets. I predicted that the Celtics would lose in six. I mean, and I actually got it right. So, I mean, can, can we credit where credit's due? I mean, that's that's the truth. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Joe? Why do you keep bringing up the Celtics? <laughs> Next year... Because, uh-huh, yeah, sure, in the D-League, maybe. Look, bottom line is this, Joe, your predictions are awful, just like Matt Riddle beat Roman Reigns. Oh, wait, that didn't happen. Uh, talking, you told me today about the Mets winning the World Series. I mean, at some point, I guess you got to be right, but this is definitely not one of those places. So, sir, heal up, rest up, make sure you, you do what you got to do so you can come back full force on pure gold, whether it's next week thank or, you. you know, the week after or whatever the case yep. <laughs> You guys have a good 4th of July, and uh, we'll see you soon. Sounds good, Joe. Definitely. Thank you. Obviously, maybe. 
Sir, it's two nothing Astros, by the way. Just one nice, you know. Jeez. We, we, yeah. I'm sure the Celtics are watching the game right now, sir. They're having a good time watching the Yankees and the Astros. How do you hang up on this phone? I think you hang <laughs> up like this. Don't worry, Joe. We got you. And Joe's gone. Uh, Frank, that was definitely something. Uh, have you been Have you been keeping in touch with Joe as far as like texting and stuff? I mean, I imagine probably not a lot on the phone. I haven't been. I know he was in the ICU yesterday, um, so I didn't want to go there or anything. I didn't want to text him. I was texting Andrea to get an update, and Michelle was sending updates. Um, but I kind of just wanted him to relax. I didn't want him to think about anything. And then I saw Joe started texting uh, yesterday, and then I started um, – I gave him a couple of texts. But I think he was supposed to maybe come home tomorrow, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, I know. When uh, Ange called me, we talked about some things, and um, you know, she wasn't expecting him to leave that early. But hopefully, you know, the, the rehab is going well, and you know, it's definitely it was good to hear from him. Obviously, you know, glad that he's in good spirits. Um, Joe is definitely one of a kind, that's for sure. So, so you know, we got to have him come back on the air and come back to his his usual self. Um, I do think it's funny that he's over here, you know, obsessed with the Yankees as always. You know, I've, I've known Joe, like I said, a long time, and even when I was much younger, you know, teenager, whatever the case is, I mean, his, his thing with the Yankees, this has been ongoing. He just has, like, a like an obsession with them, and I, I've Maybe never understood really why. Them. Maybe he's a Yankee I mean, that's possible. Deep down, deep down in his heart, Deep you know, down. He can't come to grips with it yet. Yeah, I mean, he can't. I know his dad was, a, was like, a converted Mets fan, so I'm sure that, that would be a big deal for him. I know my family, I mean, we're pretty much all Mets fans. I can't, I can't even think of Yankee fans, but the ironic yeah. thing is, and I don't, you probably didn't know this, Frank, but my dad actually grew up in the South Bronx, and he grew up <laughs> as, a, as a Yankee hater, and he's wow. the reason that my, my brother and I are not Yankee fans, and I think about that sometimes. I'm like, man, I, sometimes I wish, you know, I, I can't trade my team in, but sometimes I wish that my dad had made better life choices because then I, you know, his kids wouldn't have had to suffer with the fact that he picked a, a team that just loves to lose and break our hearts and ruin our lives, you know? Yeah, you're right about Joe's dad, too. I think he was – yeah, he was a Cleveland Indian fan. And even – Right. Yeah, pretty much for his whole life he, he, he liked the Cleveland Indians. Um, but ever since I knew Joe, he was Mets, he was Jets, Celtics, and then he wobbles a little on hockey. I remember he was with the Islanders for a while, and then he was with the Devils, but never the Rangers. Yeah, he's right. He's always been very anti-Ranger. I think Joe's the kind of sports fan who really just dislikes teams more than he actually likes them. I really, I really I believe it because, you know, I agree. <laughs> since I've known him, that's always been the thing. Yeah, and um. I don't know if that's just the fact that when you don't <laughs> like when you don't win a lot, like when your teams that you root for aren't winning. I mean, the Celtics are winning <laughs> winners, but right. you have to right. laugh because they're just getting mad about the And Maybe there was kids in school when he was a young kid and they always just say, my team's great. Your team's terrible. And it just got something grown, like building up inside of them. But I do find it funny. <laughs> like a lot of Ranger fans, it's like that whole thing. It's like, I don't know why. I think we talked about this once. Like the Mets, the Jets, like it, that's like a grouping. 
You know, then you have your Ranger fans, but they also like the Giants, right? Right, and the Yankees usually. And the Yankees jump in there. Um, So I don't know what that's all about, actually. It's kind of weird. It's like almost like a corporate, you know, I think fans are strange because, like, the way that people end up liking certain teams, it's always boggled my mind. Like, with me, I'm a Mets fan, you know, a diehard Mets fan, and I am a Giants fan, which is not as common. But the reason I'm a Giants fan, the reason I'm a Mets fan is because my dad. The reason I'm a Giants fan is because of my brother. And, you know, in basketball, like, I'm a Seton Hall Pirates fan, you know, for college, obviously. Um, right. And I think that a lot of times, you know, people, some people, oh, you know, I like uh, Joe Montana, and that's why I'm a 49ers fan. I've always thought mm-hmm. it strange, personally, when people are fans of teams that are not from their area. Like, you as a Yankees fan, I know the tickets are expensive, but you can go to a Yankee game. You can say, hey, let me do this, and, you know, uh, I'm, it's Friday night, I've got nothing else to do. Let me try to go to Yankees home game. <clears throat> Versus if you were a fan of, let's say, I don't know, the Seattle Mariners, I mean, living where you live, you, you could never see them. So I've always right. found that type of fandom weird. Like, how how are you a fan of a team that's, like, 10 hours away from you? Yeah, the only thing I can say is, like, in, in the case where you're a kid and you're watching Super Bowls and it just happens to be you're in the middle of the dynasty area, like uh, the 49ers or the Cowboys, and then you just, like, as a kid, you're just like, oh, Troy Aikman, like, He's winning, and he's so good. And then you just become a Cowboy fan in a weird – it could happen that way. Or if you're obviously like a transplant. Like if you – like you moved, right, and you're still you're right. still a yeah. giant, right? So like if people didn't know right. you, they would feel that way. But that that's an obvious reason for some fans. Yeah, and I feel like, like if I move to Timbuktu, I'm still going to be a Giants fan. I can't. I, I'm the type that I can't give up my team. And I, I'm also the type that I find it strange when people will say things like, I don't know what you think about this, but um, so, you, so obviously you're, you're a Yankees fan. Let's say, oh, you know, Frank, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an American League fan with the Yankees. In the National League, I like the Cubs. Like, I've always thought people like that are just weird. How are you a fan of multiple teams in the same sport? Right. Yeah. Um, I could, you know, I heard, I saw that before. When I was a kid, and this is going to be funny, but when I was a kid, for some reason, I liked John Elway. It goes to our other point, right? So I started following (laughs) the Broncos. And, like, for a big period of my childhood, I was a big Bronco fan. Like, I had the jersey, the number seven. Whenever I played football, I was, you know, I was John Elway. And then um, I became a big Giants fan. So – the way it is right now, I'm a Giants fan, but if I'm watching football and I happen to be somewhere and the Broncos are playing, I'm rooting for the Broncos, you know? Right. So I think that goes back. Um, I mean, to your point, it's a little crazy, but uh, it goes back to when I was a kid, you know? And then growing up in high school, everybody, all my friends are Giants fans, and my brother was a Jets fan. So it's kind of like we had the Jets and the Giants, and then he liked the Rangers, and I liked the Devils. Because with me, it's the home team thing, right? So Jersey is – what do I have that I can root for in Jersey? I have the Devils. I have the Nets. That's, that's it. For sure. yeah. now, I have Back to pick, yeah. now I have to pick my baseball and football teams. There's not one in New Jersey. So nope. I go, okay. 
and then growing up, my, my, my whole family, my grandfather, my dad, they're all Yankee fans, my uncles, you know, so that was obvious. And then with the Giants, I don't know. It just kind of happened. I don't know. That's the hard one for me to figure out. Like, how did that start? I know when I was growing up, we used to play football a lot, and um, my older sister's boyfriend at the time was a huge Giants fan, so I think that was like an influence. And then the 86 um, Super Bowl, I mean, that was big. So when they were in in the Super Bowl, I think that helped a lot, too. Um, and I used to like, I used to not like the Mets and I used to not like the Jets and, um, kind of like not as far as Joe goes, but like, I used to not like right, those right. teams. And even back then you'd be like, Oh, I love the Giants and Jets. Just, they suck. They're terrible. But as I got older, like, because I'm such a home team guy, if I see the Jets play in Miami, I hope that the Jets win now. Like if now even with the Mets, like if I see the Mets playing the Phillies, I hope the, the Mets win. But I'm not a Mets fan. I'm not a Jets fan. Right, I mean, right. Yeah. It's just it's one of those things now. that's interesting because people, people have their own stories of how they became – like Mad Dog was a big San Francisco Giants fan. which That's weird, but then when you hear a story that his dad took him to, like they were in a hotel one time and he met Willie Mays and he met a whole bunch of San Francisco Giants and it made an impact on him. That's a story that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. but a lot of times people just randomly, oh, I like the color of their jerseys. Like, I mean, that's not a reason to like a team. And my uncle is one where he grew up uh, in Puerto Rico. He was, I think he was an Orioles fan, but, but it's because the Orioles played um, spring training in Puerto Rico at the time. And then he moved to New Jersey, and then he became a Mets fan. And then when he left, New, you know, New Jersey, he moved to Florida where he's been forever. And now he's a, he's a Marlins fan. And to, to me, that's weird. Like switching it's teams weird. wherever you go, that's just a strange thing. Yeah, I can't do that for sure. I mean, there's a little bit of what you said before. Um, you're in Florida. You can't see the Mets. Um, what could you see? The Marlins. You go to a few games. The, the mascot comes out. The shirt looks cool. You get the shirt. And all of a sudden, you're starting to find yourself liking them. Right. I mean, I guess that's how it could go. And then the fact, like, like you and me, like we're such home team guys, I guess if you lived where you are long enough, but you seem to be so settled in, like, oh, it's yeah. not going to change 100%. at this point, you know? I'm not, like, like my I, wife I, doesn't get it. My wife is, sorry, what's that? Frank? Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. No, I was, I was going to tell you to go, but. So my wife is not a big sports fan. She's not. She just isn't. She didn't grow up that way. She was raised by wolves, apparently, and not really sure why. But no, doesn't like sports. Her niece, Some of her nephews love sports. They, you know, one loves basketball, one loves soccer. You know, they love. They both love baseball. Um, but anyway, so she's like, oh, why don't you switch teams? You can't switch teams. I mean, I live close to Atlanta. The Braves are, the Braves are further from me than the Mets were. You know, when I lived in New Jersey. I'm not going to be a Braves fan, especially because they've always had this rivalry with the Mets for so many years. You know, I'm going to go to games. I would go to a Braves game if the Mets weren't playing, like if I got tickets or something, but I'm not going to go out of my way to see them. But when the Mets come to town, I, I try to go to a game at least. As a matter of fact, last year I went to two games in a row, which is the first time I ever did that, and the Mets won the first game, and they were absolutely embarrassed the second game, so which was awful, but at least I had that first game that I went to. Um but, you know, you go to these games and stuff, and I could see, in my case with my kids, I, I don't want them to be Braves fans. I, I probably would disown them. But if we went to a Braves game and, you know, the mascot's there or whatever, 
I don't even know if the Braves have a mascot, but point is, you know, you live in Florida, you're going to these Marlins games, you know, in Europe, but you're a diehard Mets fan or a Yankees fan. I could see maybe your kids being into the local team because that's who they're raised around. But for you to change your affiliation, I just tell my wife that that just doesn't happen. A real fan doesn't do that no matter what. I mean, I'm sure the Yankees could lose, have 20 losing seasons in a row. You wouldn't stop being a Yankees fan. I agree. Like, that's me, though. That's definitely me. But I've seen people move to Florida and, like, become Marlin fans, become Tampa Bay Buck fans. They're not going to hate the Giants. Like, my one friend, he still likes the Giants, but he had to become a Bucks fan because he just lives right next to the stadium. He goes to the games. Um, That wouldn't be me, and it sounds like it wouldn't be you. I guess it's Um, certain things, you know? So, like, so like here's I, an interesting one for you. Okay. No, just to, to tie into what you're talking about. So, obviously, you sent us some pictures. We have, you know, our PG app or whatever you want to call it, where we message each other our little, you know, through our text message thread. You had sent us a bunch of pictures from when you guys went to the fan fest and different things. You were wearing a Somerset Patriots shirt in one of those pictures. So, when I lived in Parsippany, and I lived there for a couple of years, when I first got married, we went to the Patriots games. Uh, man, I tell you, have you ever been to a Patriots game? Uh, yes. I I love the stadium. I love the I love the seats. I love everything about it. The price you can't beat it. Um, they have a lot of stuff for the kids. You know, the get patriotic and the whole song and everything else. You know, big. I love it. To me, it, it's the mm-hmm. best of, of everything. You go to a professional game. We, as a matter of fact, we'd go for July Fourth. We went a couple times. They'd have fireworks on Friday nights. I mean, I absolutely love it. The food is, is reasonably priced, pretty good. I mean, everything about it is just family-friendly. So I, I <laughs> love the Patriots. Back then, though, they were in the independent, the Atlantic League, and they were an independent team. They weren't affiliated with anybody. A lot of times you would see ex-major league players coming through there. Like, at one point, Roger Clemens was on the Sugarland Skeeters, the Texas team. Um, I don't know, he played one one game or whatever. He played for them for a little bit. You had, like, Edgardo Alfonso with the Long Island Ducks and, you know, whatever the case is. So back then, you know, I was a big Patriots fan. I moved down here, obviously, and was touched. And then eventually I found out that the Patriots are now a minor league affiliate of the Yankees. So, like, if I still lived in New Jersey, would I still be a Patriots fan knowing that they're now a Yankees team? Like, I mean, I mean, isn't that, isn't that interesting? Yeah, so what is, what's the answer to that question? See, I don't know. Thankfully, I don't have to say it because I can't go to the games and it's far away. Here in, in Chattanooga, we have the Lookouts, but the Lookouts are like, a, I think they're affiliated with the Twins. So if I became a mm. fan of the Lookouts, I don't really consider it the same thing as being a Twins fan. But in the case of the Patriots, because of the proximity to New York, it is kind of like you're rooting for the, the future Yankees, you know? Right. The Yankees yeah. are obviously going to pour money into that team and the farm system and everything else. So I think that's a bit different, you know, because of the fact that when I saw them, they were a bunch of nobodies. And now it's like, you know, these are, these are future Yankees that you got. I mean, the cool thing about that, though, is being able to see, like, when we lived in Virginia, when my dad lived in Virginia at one point, David Wright was coming up through Norfolk Ties, which at the time was the Mets AAA affiliate. The Norfolk Tides were the Mets team forever and ever and ever. It was Tidewater, Norfolk, whatever. And then, obviously, they ended up losing that, and they ended up going to another team. But he saw David Wright play before he became a Met. He saw Jose Reyes nice. play 
before they became meth. And that is cool, having that connection. In your case, if you go to – I don't know how often you'd even go, but if you could go to the Patriots games, you could literally see future stars for your team, and that is really cool. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, I liked the Patriots even before this. So, like, in your case, it actually kind of lowers the stock value a little. But for me, it would even make them better, <laughs> you know? Right. And uh, I know, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. I think it's cool because you're, you're talking about once you become affiliated with a big-time team like the Yankees, they're going to start funneling money. And have, have, when was the last time you went to a game? It was this year. Yeah, I, I went to a game. And, I, you know, I have a bunch of friends that um, <laughs> were trying to hit some minor league games, you know. We try to look around. Uh, right. I just, I just went to the Staten Island Ferry Hall game. That was fun. That's a new the oh, first nice. year. Yeah, that was cool. Their team is terrible right now. But um, they actually have a woman that plays right field. She pitched at the end of that game. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to watch. But um, Are they affiliated with any major league team or is it independent? No, it's an independent league. You know, I don't even know if it's like is independent like double A AA or triple A or, or or single A or that's not even there yet. I don't even know sometimes. It's but, not, it's not even there yet. Honestly. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're independent. Um, the team's not so good, but it's their first year, and the first uh, the stadium just opened, and it's pretty. It was pretty cool. It was really cool. Yeah, you know, so they're a part of the – Edgardo Alfonso, I'm looking them up. Edgardo Alfonso is their manager, which automatically would make me a fan of this team. He's my, probably my all-time favorite man, Amin Piazza. They're a, they're a member of the Atlantic League of Professional Baseball, which is the – oh, now it's actually – it's an official MLB partner league. So they're independent baseball, but they're a partner of Major League Baseball. And this is the league that the, um, that the Patriots used to be a part of. Oh, that's cool. I, you see, I didn't even know that. Um, the t- I mean, I didn't even recognize some of the teams. Like, the, some of them were coming from Pennsylvania. Um, but, right, yeah. Yeah. They have the York Revolution, the Lancaster Barnstormers, the New Britain Bees, and Southern Maryland Blue Crabs. So, th- they cover an interesting uh, area, but for the most part, it's that, that northeastern section, because obviously, you know, Lancaster, Pennsylvania – Sugarland, though, they had a Sugarland Space something. It used to be the Skeeters. I don't know what happened, but Space Cowboys. Um, oh. But anyway, they, um, yeah, they're, in a, they're in a different league. But, you know, when you look at these other teams, right, th- these are the ones – I think it is still the Sugarland Skeeters, as a matter of fact. But they are, are these teams that are affiliated, and then you have these players. And, you know, it's a very local kind of thing. But it's still pretty cool, you know. It's still pretty cool to see these to see these teams and to be able to go to these games. Yeah, the one the team that I saw was York, so I'm guessing that's Pennsylvania, and they were good. They were a good team. I don't know what place they're in. Um, oh, okay, there's the standings. The Southern Maryland Blue Crabs are in first. Yep. In the North, with the best record in the league. The Ferry Hawks are last with the worst record in the league, but it's their first season, <laughs> and it's their first season in this new stadium, and it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Like it's good to jump on now. They were pretty bad. But. Well, I mean, look at the Mets in '62. They were the worst team on the planet. In '69, they won the World Series. So, I you just never know. There's so many right. different teams that could be. You know what I mean? 
I mean, I'm looking at this here. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's ten. It looks like there's ten clubs, which is which is pretty cool. And I just, to me, it was always just fun. You know, it was it was a fun time. It was it was fun to go to. Um, Kelsey at the bat. I'm guessing this is who you're talking. But apparently, there are some uh, women in the professional baseball league, which is definitely pretty pretty interesting. I think that right. the, what happened with them was the fact that there there were a lot of ex major leaguers, and there was a couple of guys like guys you you may have heard of from the Mets and the Yankees who would come through there, and I think. Uh, the Yankees, the Mets, these other, you know, the Phillies, they probably, you know, with their scouts were like, you know what, why don't we, why don't we see if we can get them hooked up with MLB because some of our players, they were getting signed from that league independently and they were able to get connected with, you know, major league teams because obviously there's talent everywhere, right? And yep. I think what happened there is that they got to see how good the competition could be and I mean, I just love the fact that you know, they're they're a double A affiliate, they're the double A affiliate of the Yankees. You know, I mean, I wish there was a Mets double A affiliate, but it's very cool yeah. because those games are fun. Now, what what are the tickets like? Are they still um, are they still affordable? Or um, my buddy got the tickets. I think they were like sixty, and we had like we're basically wherever you want to sit. So it was a little a little more expensive. And then I was remembering not too long ago, whenever I went to, like, one of these games, it's like the hot dogs and the beer. You get all that stuff. You pop, like, a $20 down, and you, you got enough, right? But now, oh, yeah. like, Absolutely. When, I was, when I was getting the beer and stuff, like, the IPA was, like, 12 or $13. The, the hot dog with a little bit of fries was, like, 12 bucks, like, I was like, damn! I thought this was a minor league kind of game, you know. But <laughs> the prices are so yeah. high, and I don't know if it has to do with the way everything is right now. See, that surprised me. I'm looking at the, the ticket pricing. Um, it says that the premium field box is seventeen fifty. Back in the day, it was like eleven dollars, and you can sit. You had the best seats in the house. The field oh, box is fifteen. The upper yeah. box is fourteen. Yeah, okay. and the general admission, so, which, which I mean, have you have you ever heard of this? The ushers will help you find an unoccupied seat once the game starts for 14 bucks. No, I never heard. I you never go in heard there with that, no I, seat, and they'll find the seat for you. You know, you know what I'm thinking. Uh, that was stupid. He said 60, but he meant for all three of us. So that's what it was. Oh, okay. So you're okay. So that's you're what right. I was thinking yeah. When you said it. Yeah, because so they're affordable, but the food though. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know how much he spent because he's like it was sixty, and he met all three of us then. So then it was sixty. Right. So yeah. So um, yeah, the food was expensive. I got a shirt. I got a hat. I always do that when I go to these minor league games. But um, uh, the food was expensive. Like the beer was good. They actually had their own like Ferry Hawks IPA, which is kind of cool. So they had a good selection. Um. The food was good. It had one of the better pretzels. I I always judge places sometimes by their pretzels. Like I know, I remember, <laughs> I remember the Jets. I mean the Jets, the Nets. They had the worst hard, gross pretzels. That they tasted like they've been there for like weeks. They were stale. But like this this place, it was like soft. It was like one of the best pretzels I've had. So, um, yeah, the food was good. The hot dog was good. The premio sausage is always my favorite. They have that everywhere, but that's always my favorite. And it's just a little bit pricey. I didn't expect it. 
Yeah, maybe. Now, you're, when you say that, you're talking about um, you're talking about the the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, right? That that's what the right. Yep. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's about fifteen. It's similar. The, the pricing of the food does surprise me because I do remember, you know, and you're talking about six, seven years ago at the most, going to the Patriots games, and I mean, we, we would stuff our faces, and you know, you, you could eat. For a good price, yeah. but you know these types of games to to me, that, that's where the love of baseball really can start. You know, if you have you're lucky enough to have a local team. Now here with the lookouts, I'm not a huge fan of the stadium. It's not in the best location. Um, the stadium is okay. You know, it's not. It, 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 you know, food's okay. Chattanooga is known for like local, you know, IPA and stuff like that. So I don't have those at the games. Um, there's a lot of brewing companies here for some reason, but you know, it wasn't. It wasn't as fun as um, you know going to the Patriots back in the day. So, so to me, you know, having these having these types of teams like yeah, the, they're the Double A Reds affiliate. So I mean, we have that here, but we haven't gone to a game in years. Usually, would go for uh, for fireworks night or something like that. You know, that'd probably be our biggest our biggest thing that we were we wanted to go to. I like the fireworks nights, and especially in, like, June, July, even August. Like, it, it just keeps it – they usually keep it going on Friday nights in a lot of places. Um, but speaking about promotions, there's a Yankee game coming up that I was looking at. I think it's July 12th. They're playing the Reds, which is kind of cool in itself. But then they're also – it's cap night. So I'm looking at that one. I might try to go to that one. Now Joe told me something that was it. Did you did you happen to go to the game recently where the Yankees got no hit? Yeah, I was there. <laughs> did you stay for the whole I game? I was there for the whole game. I didn't leave. I stayed to the very last out, and um, it was the only time the Yankees were no hit in the new stadium. It's been a while, and I mean. It was multiple pitchers, but it was like such futility that when it got to like the middle of the seventh, I just said to myself, I just want them to get a hit. Like, I didn't care about winning at that point. I'm like, and every batter would come, like, warning track, like, gallo warning track. Like, it was just so frustrating. They couldn't get a hit. Like, every little grounder, they got thrown out. Good plays. And then I was trying to decide what was worse, because two things were going on. One thing was, like, they can never get Altuve out. They, the crowd's booing right. like crazy, right? And of the course, guy, of course. Will not, he will not get out. It's like he either walks, he gets a hit, he gets a homer, right? So I had two things. Like, when, when the Yankees were up, I was, like, dying. I was like, just get a hit, right? And then the Astros get up, Altuve gets up. I'm like, just get him out. Like, it was, I would be, like, on the floor on my knees, like, thank God Altuve made an out. Because he's thriving. <laughs> like, they were saying on the radio today, Altuve, when they started booing him, which I guess was last year, he, it was affecting him. And he would, like, come home and, like, kind of a little depressed. But he had a talk with someone. I think it was the manager, but I'm not sure. And, um... They worked it out, and I don't know what he said to Altuve, but something about the booing now is, like, like making him stronger. It's crazy. So Yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely crazy. Joe? 
Yeah. John had mentioned to me that um, I think you had offered him to go or, or invited him to go, and, I was, and he didn't go because of the whole COVID thing and because, you know, uh, wanting to be safe before surgery. But I was like, man, Joe, do you realize that, that would have been like your dream come true? More than the Mets winning a World Series, you could have you could have <laughs> been to a Yankee game when they got no hit. I mean, that would have been right. the World Series. That would have been bigger than anything. So it's that, a shame that he right. didn't go, you know, just, just enjoy it. Uh, he was going to we, – we actually asked him to come, but he didn't want to take a chance with COVID, you know, being that he had to have surgery and stuff. So, But the funny thing was on that Saturday, I'm like waiting for his text. And, it, and it, then I remember his text was something like, well, it's a good thing I didn't come to that one. But actually, in reality, he should have, <laughs> you know. But, but Yeah, no, he, he definitely should have, but obviously, you know, he was, he was afraid. He was worried. Yeah. You know it's funny, like but anyway. Um, I mean, um, radio, no, no. We, we got we got that slight little delay. You know, there's that slight little delay. So there's times where where um, that's what happens. Like remember you were saying with Joe, a lot of times you have trouble with the with the talking. I think it's yes. There's a little delay, right? And then that makes it hard because you don't like air. Like you don't want to hear the radio with nobody talking. So you jump in and right. you realize you forgot to say yep. something, but it would just took a little longer to get there. <laughs> so that's hard to work yeah. out. And that's what happens with Joe. That's what happens with Joe a lot. Like, cause I was talking to his wife and I was like, yeah, I don't know if you actually listen to the show, but I do most of the talking. And she was like, yeah, but really it's because sometimes Joe doesn't say anything or sometimes Joe has short responses. And in my, my not wanting there to be dead air, I'll jump in because if I don't hear anything for a couple of seconds, you know, I don't want that dead air. I want to be right. able to, um, I want to be able to, to talk or keep something going. And then, of course, if you chime in, you chime in, you know. Um, so that's my whole thing is wanting it to kind of flow and stuff. You know, like there are times where – and Jonah have talked about this off the air – where I'll, I'll go on like a two-minute rant and then his response will be like, okay, and then that's it. And then I'm like, right. oh, Joe, you're killing me, you know. So, But no, I like no, to be no, to kind of the back and forth. You know, you, you yeah, got to have that going. And I'm actually – yeah. I don't know. I don't know the way to fix that. Um, you know, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because you get that couple yeah. seconds of that air and you just don't want it. Right. Exactly. And, and speaking of speaking of not wanting that air and stuff, we actually have a, a caller, Angel, who not Angel from Woodland Park, but this is I, Frank. I don't think you've ever talked to Angel, but uh, he's our uh, intrepid uh, Mets reporter who he's been MIA. I think he's been hiding under a rock somewhere, but he's calling in now. Um, Angel, how are you doing this evening, sir? Hey, what up? How are you? I'm good. <laughs> doing good. You sound thrilled. You sound like you're uh, you're thrilled, uh, happy to be a Mets fan. Um, uh, the Mets have been playing awful. They've been they've been a disaster. We were just talking about the Yankees getting no hit the other day, but earlier in the in the show, we actually started with the Mets. And um, I mean, give us your take. You know, a lot of fans I've seen are talking about the Mets being exposed and uh, the Mets being done and they're playing better teams. You know, what do you think about that? Would you agree with that? Um, nah, I wouldn't agree with it. I just think that it, it just exposed, whatever you want to call it, just I think they just need to make some moves uh, in the lineup and also in the back end of the bullpen. But, see, who would you go after? That, that's the thing. You know, we always talk about these hypothetical, all oh, the trading deadline's coming up. And I've read articles where, you know, they expect the Mets to be very busy. But the Mets are expected to make some splashy moves. Do you think the Mets will, other than DeGrom and Scherzer, because I don't count those moves, 
Do you think the Mets actually will shore up the bullpen? And are they going to get another bat in here to compliment Pete Alonso? I believe so, yes, because of the simple fact of that they're, they're on the cusp of contending. And, you know, they're contending right now. Without um, the Grom, Scherzer, and the massive black hole in the 7-8-9 of the lineup, pretty much, um, they've yeah. still, I mean, still in all, they have, an, you know, a three-game lead and with their 18 games over 500. I mean, at the beginning of the season, any Mets fan would have signed up for that, especially knowing that you didn't have uh, the Grom and Scherzer for a bulk of it. So as far right. as, like, who they're going to get – I think uh, a name that I think the Mets should really look into getting, depending. I mean, it shouldn't cost as much, being that it, he's going into his walk in his walk year. Um, Josh Bell from the Nationals. I think he solves a lot of problems. Can hit from both sides of the plate. Three hundred hitters. I mean, he's hit thirty plus bombs in the past, and he can also give Pete Alonso a spell at first base from time to time. And he solves your DH problems. I mean, that's one way they can go about it. Another way is um, getting, I mean, there's no other way to put it that J.D. Davis and Dom Smith just ain't cutting it. So, I mean, maybe right. you can call up, a, call up a Vientos, see what you have in him with four weeks plus left to the deadline. I mean, there's it, it, a couple avenues they can go. But my question is this, because we, we actually had Gilbert call in a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned Josh Bell. Um, I'm looking at Josh Bell's stats, and he's had some really good years, and he's had some, you know, years that were okay. Um, Hitting-wise, he's been pretty decent, you know, but other than 2020, but I, 2020 was a fluke year. Anyway, are the, are the Nationals going to want to trade as bad as they are? Are they going to want to trade to anyone in their division, but especially the Mets? Uh, possibly. The only reason why I say that is because it's, he's in his walk year and the Nationals are bad. So they'll pretty much take whatever, you know, they'll, they'll probably take the best offer depending on who, I mean, regardless of who it's from. So, I mean, you got to also look at, right. at, at those factors. I mean, the Mets and the Phillies made trades in the past. I mean, it, it's doable. It, I mean, it's just a matter of doable, executing. But- it is doable, but I would say Bell would probably be a significant addition to the team. There's also talk about the uh, – because I was reading an article, MLB.com, but like the Mets version of it, and they were talking about that the Mets have been possibly looking at Wilson Contreras, um, you know, who's, who's on the cusp of probably making the All-Star team this year. So, I mean, any, any thoughts on that? I don't think so for the simple fact of that as much as people don't like McCann, don't like, you know, Nito – when it comes to a veteran pitching staff, you need to have some type of familiarity with, with, with your pitchers. And, you know, okay, let's say if they would have traded for him in the offseason, that's one thing. But now in a pennant right. race, trade deadline, to me it doesn't make no sense unless you're going to exclusively DH him. I mean, McCann – I mean, I don't like McCann's bat. The majority of Matt fans don't. But, you know, you have to give the man credit where he knows how to call a game and – you know, like right. I said, the pitchers, and if you look at pitchers' numbers, not just ERA, but across the board with McCann catching, they're, they're a lot better than with, let's say, Mr. Patrick or um, Nito. And, and Nito's not bad himself defensively. Right, can't hit, but yeah. Well, they got rid of Mazika, so he's gone. 
Um, I mean, the Mets, the Mets definitely need to make some moves. I'm still not a huge fan of Diaz, but he's been the best-performing member of the bullpen. Lugo has been awful. Um, the, the Mets have just had a rough go of it. It seems like whoever they put in the pen just doesn't get the job done. And other than Taiwan Walker, I mean, you know, Bassett's been decent. But, you know, Carrasco, I was reading an article yesterday just about how alarming his numbers are. So I feel like the Mets, I wouldn't say smoke and mirrors, you know, because Alonzo's having a great year. But I feel like the Mets have a lot of holes they need to fill. I don't trust the Grom. I don't know what we're going to get from him whenever he does come back because he hasn't pitched. The guy's very fragile. I mean, Scherzer, I feel like he could throw a one-hitter tomorrow if, you know, his next, his next pitching performance. But I'm just not sold on DeGrom, so I feel like the Mets really do have a lot of holes, and I don't know if they'll be able to fill them, honestly. Yeah, it's it's, it's not a lot per se, but it, there are some. I mean, up until they played the Astros, I mean, no Met was having no no fans were really having a conversation about the holes besides the leaky pen and you know the seven eight nine or you know Escobar's bad Needle's bad McCann's bad DH I mean Dom Smith and JD gotta go I mean there's just no they you can't continue to put to platoon those guys at DH I mean uh, you know people still I mean I agree with you. People still want 2019, J.D., but guess what? That guy's not it. No, he's not, and they both stink. And, I mean, Smith has done nothing. Still not sure why fans love him. You know, you can't throw these guys out there. They're, they're black holes. They're automatic outs. And then, you know, you need, you need these guys to be productive. You need whoever's in your lineup needs to be productive. And, of course, they're not, they're not doing that. Yeah. But then you've got this thing like, I was reading articles again about how oh, you could trade them. Who, what are they getting for them? Are they getting a Shake Shack burger and some fries? Because I don't see why anybody would want either one of those unless they think that Don Smith is going to benefit from a change of scenery. But honestly, I've just never seen Don Smith as, as that great of a ball player. You know, I really just don't think he's very good. Yeah, just another in the long line of hyped-up Mets prospects. I mean, it, it's, it's the truth. Besides their, you know, besides their pitching, I mean, and, you know, I hope Alvarez pans out, but, you know, all Mets prospects basically been just, you know, smoke and mirrors, as, you know, as they say. I mean, the last decent position player. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, just Dom Smith, you can get back to the position player thing, but Dom Smith's best season with the Mets, he played 145 games in 2021, which essentially is full-time. The guy hit 11 home runs, which is his career high, and 58 RBIs, and he hit 244. I mean, that's awful. And he's just generally speaking, the more he plays, the worse he hits. He's not a good hitter. The guy stinks. No, he's definitely not a good hitter. But, like, you know, with J.D.'s 2019 season, you know, if you look back at the 2020 aberration season, that's what people want. People want that Dom Smith. And that was, I mean – you can't, you can't, there, there's no way that you can judge anybody who's coming up on a 60-game sample size. You just can't. I mean, every every year yep. is different, man. In, in, in baseball, every game is different. I mean, it's not like, oh, somebody could go 4 for 4 and then go 0 for 6 with five strikeouts. That's just the way it is. Well, the thing with baseball, but, the thing with baseball is that you could do, like you said, 4 for 4, then you can go 0 for, 0 for 40 and just fall into a massive slump. 
And you're talking about the 2020 um, aberration. He only played 50 games. He hit 316, which is like 80 points higher than he's hit in any other season pretty much. And then 2019, but even that, he only played about 89 games, so still not even, you know, a little more than half a season. The more he plays, this guy can't hit. He's a, he's a 200 hitter, you know, and you talk about J.D. Davis or whatever the case is. I mean, he looked okay when he first came to the Mets, but, I mean, he yeah. thinks, you know, this season he's got, he's got what, two homers, 14 over, he's batting 243. His best year really was at 2019, 2257, he hit 307 in 140 games. I mean, if you combine his stats afterwards, if you combine Davis's stats since that season, in 2020, 2021, and 2022 so far, he's got less RBI and less home runs than he had that year. I mean, that's it. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Come I on. mean, there's a reason why I used there's a reason why Houston traded him. I mean, he caught lightning in a bottle for that year. He caught fire. I mean, and, and besides that, what, three-week stretch in August, the Mets were pretty much dead that year. You know, they just had a, a crazy yeah. run in August and, you know, had everybody thinking that, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, yep. they can't lose, blah, 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 and look what happened. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's just a fact. They need, they need, a, they need at least one back. And, and then no right. question. And, you know, you would like a top-end arms, but top-end arms in the pen are going to cost money, especially if they're controllable. A guy I'd like to go see him go right. after is Bednar. A guy I'd like to go see him is Bednar from Pittsburgh. But that guy's going to be a boatload because he's under he, – I believe right. he's under – he's under team control until like 25 or 26. But that guy would look – but right there with Diaz, that would be a, a crazy one too. But you know, outside of Diaz, right. I mean, you don't have I'm, Holderman look good for a, a small sample size, but I, I don't know. No, I agree with you. And, and you know, again, just to close off with J.D. Davis, I literally did the numbers in my head between the last three seasons that he's played. Um, he has 13 home runs, which is nine short of that 2019 season. And he's got about 54 RBIs combined, which is three short of that season. And average-wise, he, he hit between four, 247, 285, 243. So he's probably about 40 to 50 points lower than he hit that season. I mean, that was that's the ultimate smoke and mirror, that 2019 season. I mean, and the Mets fans fell in love with him, and they think he's uh, Howard Johnson. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's um, cool. Well, I mean, I mean, Billy, Billy got work to do. I mean, uh, you know, Cohen's already on record saying that they, you know, they push payroll, and I think some of these yep, deals with yep. the Mets are gonna are are gonna involve bad contracts. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised they deal with with Cincinnati and you get back a Mustaka, something like that. I mean, just uh, be be uh, forewarned that you know they might go that avenue yeah. as well. So then that. So then that way they don't have to give up that much in prospect capital. But the two out of the two guys I see a team taking a flyer on, uh, they call me crazy, but I think a team will take a flyer on Dom Smith other than J.D. Davis because what's Davis? He's a D.H. and he can't hit. He can't hit right. a fastball. So, I mean, nope. Dom Smith will he be the guy that's great moved. Fielder. Yeah, yeah. And they'll, yeah, they'll probably get, get a, a – listen, they'll probably get a, a – Bacon, egg, and cheese on a, on an everything bagel for him, you know, at the most, because, I mean, he stinks. But speaking of all that, we've been talking about the Mets and whatnot. I'm going to – we have another angel, ironically enough, 
who is on the air, Angel from Woodland Park, who's called in. Mr. Angel, how are you doing this evening, Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm listening to you guys, and you're talking about McCain. You're talking about Nito. You're talking about Don Smith. Uh, they got to get rid of all the guys. They got to get rid of them. They stink. They're no good, you know. Get, get a new team. That's it. They stink. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like, a, no sounds like a caller. You know, hey, he sounds like I'm a caller on, on Lakata. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They probably, they probably like you know. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. No, I was Hello? gonna say you, you're. It's a bit of an exaggeration. You can't say get rid of everybody. I mean, the Mets do need to get rid of some guys, but but we were just talking about how Davis and Smith stink. They gotta go. So we agree on that. And McCann has actually done a pretty good job with the pitching staff. So I think for that he, reason he, alone, he, that you get rid of him. That guy can't hit. He cannot hit. They gotta get rid of him. And Diggy, why did they bring well, uh, Don Smith? Why did they bring him back up? I have no idea. Uh, maybe he paid. Maybe he has. Maybe he has incriminating evidence on Billy Epler or Buck Showalter. That may be the only reason because he's awful. I've never liked Don Smith. He reminds me of Butch Husky without the power, and with just no ability yeah. whatsoever. He just kind of looks like him—a left-handed Butch Husky. I mean, he stinks. But listen. Angel, do you think the Mets are Angel from one of the parts? Do you think the Mets are going to make any moves to make this team better by the trade deadline? I don't know. I don't know. I hope they. I hope they will. But uh, they got to get rid of that guy in third base, Escobar. That guy can't hit. Every time he comes up with men on base, and he can't. He can't. He can't produce. You know that you guy. Know, I, don't know, that. I don't speaking know. Speaking of that, real him. quick. They showed his numbers. He's he's officially the worst in the league with runners in scoring yes. position. And that's, yes. that's terrible. Yes, I totally agree with you. Who's this, Frank? No, no, no it's, it's actually Angel. Angel from Wisconsin is actually on. Um, yeah, so, but wait, you said that the he's problem, the worst in the league. Yeah, right now well, he is. But the problem, the problem with getting rid of Escobar is he has a three-year deal. So basically. Oh, okay. He was he was signed as a stopgap uh, up until Beatty comes up, and uh, right now you're pretty much stuck with him. Well, I tell you, the only thing good about that guy is that he could hit both ways, right-handed and left-handed, but he's not producing. He's not really, you know, he's not uh, built to what he is. You know, he's just he's just not producing. He's not doing nothing. They got to get rid of him. Uh, the Grom. I don't think he's going to come back. I think that guy, they should just leave him in left field and play with the birds. That, that's all he could do. That's it. Oh, my goodness. That's all I can say about the Listen, I mean, he'll pitch one he, game, he'll he probably is, be out again. You know? He's injury prone, and that does worry me. That concerns me. I'm not concerned about Scherzer. He should be coming back either this weekend or the beginning of next week. Uh, he'll he'll, um, he'll, pro- he'll, he'll probably fine. mess up, too. He'll probably mess up, too. You, know, Andrew, these, these you, you, you sound so like a real – Angel, you sound like a real positive Mets fan. I mean, you're really just you're, you're feeling good, and you're just uh, you think the Mets are going to win it all. I, I see that. Listen, listen, Mr. David, and Mr. Dave, I just tell you one thing: Atlanta is on their tail. Atlanta's playing the Reds tomorrow, I believe. You know, they played against the Phillies and they ate them up. So, you know, Atlanta's right there. You know, they're right there. Unless the Mets get on a winning streak. Unless they get on the winning right. streak, Atlanta's going to be down their throat. Look, the Braves and the Mets have 15 games left. I mean, that's going to decide the division right there. Hey, right. It's going to come down to those 15 games. 
and that's that's what's going to be the end all. I mean, it, one team's going to win the division, one team's going to get the wild one of the wild card spots. I mean, it, well, it's just what's going to happen. It would be nice if they could win the division, but right now they're not hitting, they're not producing. I mean, against the Houston, they got blown out nine to one. Then they lost uh, one zip. Two to nothing. Right, or two zip. Yep. Two zip. Two zero, yeah. No, uh, one that, thing, guy Alvarez, one, that guy Alvarez got messed up in, in uh, 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 left field. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't have confidence in the Mets. You know, I've been I've been a Mets fan for such a long time that, I don't know, it seems to me that every year they start off great and then, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the wind comes along and, 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 and takes them away, you know. I just don't have confidence in them. No, one thing you did mention about blowouts, one, one thing about the blowouts, it has been very concerning that the last, you know, couple of weeks, uh, two things. Uh, they're hitting with runners in scoring position. They're, they've been abysmal. I mean, you get a runner on, on second, third, no outs, one out, and nobody comes home striking out left that, and right. It seems well, to be doesn't, that. Doesn't, doesn't that remind you of last year? I get that, but, you know, it seems to be that they abandoned what got them there, you know, moving the runners yeah, along, right. you know, putting the ball in play. It seems like right. they, they, they all of a sudden they started going for the, the, the uppercut, the home run swing, this, they're trying to bring guys. I mean, you know, the reason why I don't think it's going to be like last year is because they have an actual manager now. They do. Well, and another thing, I, another thing with blowouts, is their pitching has been getting lit up. San Diego, uh, Milwaukee lit them up one game. Um, in the past couple, you know, weeks, there's been quite a few games that they've just been out of it. I mean, and that, that is concerning. So yep, are they going to yep. make moves? Yeah, they're going to. I believe they will. If they don't, then they're well, well, they, End the story. Right, they have Listen, to. We'll the Mets talk, have to make we'll moves talk. because they're going to be in trouble. Well, we'll talk in a couple of they months from now. See where where the Mets are standing. If you are correct, yeah, no, but I agree with listen, Angel from Woodland Park, uh, elderly Angel and and younger Angel. Let's put it that way. I agree with the younger Angel because I think that the Mets will eventually win the wild card if nothing else. They'll make the playoffs. The problem is, and and I agree with what was just said. They're not producing. They're not at the beginning of the year. The Mets are one of the best teams in baseball. Hitting with runners yeah. in scoring positions. Hitting the Mets were the best team hitting with two outs, and that's completely fallen by the wayside. But the Mets have been again, they're either blowing people out or getting blown out, and now losing three games in a row for the first time all year, getting embarrassed by the Astros. I mean, the Mets don't look good. The Braves have come back, and they're only three games out. You know, the Mets haven't been winning. They haven't been going on winning streaks. They've been losing basically five hundred. For a while now, and you're not going to go yep. anywhere with that, with that type of play. I mean, the alarms are going off here. What were we going to say, uh, Angel from Woodland Park? Are you having a fire? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. apparently it's like a mess fire sale. But what were you going to say, Angel? No, no, no. That I, I totally agree with you, but like I was talking to the other gentleman that was on the, the radio, that I will talk to him in a couple of months to see if the where the Mets stand. But as it as it's going along, I don't think uh, I don't think they're gonna get very far. Tell you the truth, I think they well, will. Well, I mean, we'll come August, they'll probably be in, in fourth place. Oh my God! Oh, no, 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 no
Hey, hey, Angel, you should be calling WFAN, not this show. <laughs> hey, you guys You're are professional, crazy. man. You guys are professional. Hey, listen, let's put it this way. I'd rather talk to you guys than uh, the other guys, okay? You guys, well, that, 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 those, those people, they got a lot of commercials, and they talk to you about two, three minutes, and that's it. You guys are there. That's it. So I, 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 I like that about you guys. Listen, if, but, the, Mets, uh, you know, if the Mets are in fourth place at any point, they're in trouble. Well, let's, yeah. wait, wait, wait a minute. Before you guys go, who, who are the Mets playing tomorrow? Uh, Texas. Uh, let's... They're playing the Rangers. Oh, they're playing the Rangers. They might, I don't know, man. The Rangers, they might give them a fight. But uh, the the Braves are playing the Reds tomorrow, so I don't know, man. Well, the Braves, I, the, I mean, the Braves, the Braves were extremely hot. I mean, they were as hot as you can be. And, right. you, you know, it's, it, they still they still got, it's still a long summer. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a lot of, it's 86 games left, and... You know, baseball, you know, baseball's ebbs and flows. Baseball, you get hot, you, you cool down. You get hot, you cool down. I mean, when you're sustaining the way the Mets were sustaining, winning series, constantly winning series, that's what they did. I mean, yeah, that, that sustainability right. is something that you can keep going. Now, as far as the Braves run, 14 in a row, 21-5 in June, they're not going to do that in July. I, 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 don't, I don't care who no. they got out there. They're, they're no, not they going to do that. Team. They got a young. They got team a young. Team. Well, the thing the thing is is that you know you take small sample sizes and you put them aside because at the end of the day, you know it, it's going to flow. The, the baseball season is just going to flow. They're going to get cold. They're going right. to lose three, four, five, six in a row, and the Mets will probably gain what two, three games. Yeah, yeah. I, you know people people saying All Star break. They're going to be no. They, they'll still be there. What about that guy from Washington, Soto? Is he available? No, they, they, they're talking about they're going to re-sign him to a big deal, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is with them is their ownership right now, they're, they're kind of like in the midst of a sale. So okay. I, I, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing that they offered him 13, 13 years, $425 million. But well, you know, right. it's kinda like on hold because of the owners pending ownership sale. Right. I mean he's he's not exactly he's having right. a great season either, by the way. He's got fourteen homers. Well, he's only got thirty two runs better than he's batting two twenty four, so he's had a down year. But you know, Angel, uh older Angel, you mentioned the the schedule. <laughs> they should find the Rangers the next three games. Then they play the Reds, who are one of the worst teams in baseball, right after three games in a row. And then they play four games against the Marlins, and the Mets have dominated the Marlins all year long. So if the Mets keep well, that up, they could gain some ground just in this next week. Well, I yeah. I don't know. I don't. I the Mets they you know they they're up and down, man. When they need to win, they don't do it. Like the other men, like the other gentlemen say, when they have men on base, third and second, no outs, they can't they can't bring them in. You know, right? So, no, that's right just good. That. That's just good enough. That's just been in the last couple of weeks, but generally yeah. all year they've been moving the guy. They've been moving the passing yeah. the baton, as they say. Hey, that guy, that it's guy, an angel. Nick, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Plummer. Uh, why did they send that guy back down? He was doing pretty good. They sent him down nah, because he, actually he signed. Wasn't. Uh, he started. Actually, I, 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 
Yeah, Ender and Tiarte used to the Braves, and who used to give the Mets, who always used to give the Mets trouble. They signed him, and they're probably going to bring him up. But listen, Angel from Woodland Park, thank yes, you so sir. much for calling. We'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, thank you let, so much, sir. Let, let, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you, have, I uh, I appreciate I appreciate you guys uh, letting me be on the air and everything. And uh, listen. Um, I heard that, that Joe's under the weather. I hope he's doing better. And I wish him all yeah, the luck he actually, in the Thank you so much. He's actually on the show very briefly to start off. Um, okay. He's on medication and stuff. He had, that, he had pretty major right. surgery. It took 13 hours, but he's doing okay. Wow. He just needs to recover. So, I mean, he'll be back. He'll be back eventually. Don't worry. Well, listen, I miss him too. Well, you take care of yourself. And thanks a lot for letting me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. Folks, that was the one and only, who is probably our number one caller, Angel from Woodland Park. I mean, talk about negative. That guy's negative. At least he's being negative now. (laughs) Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, been a Mets fan forever. I mean, he's just basically, he's basically off of a, like, old, old, um, he's going off of old, you know, yeah, years past, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, I, I get his sentiment where he's coming from, you know, but at the same time, it's like you got to look at it with with uh, with um, eyes open, I guess, because you know it's right. not the same. Like years past, they wouldn't improve. Your big signing. I mean, imagine imagine under Wilpon ownership, the Mets with Robinson Cano. That guy would be there until his leg broke. I mean, oh yeah, and he'd be starting too. He'd be how it is. He'd be putting up. Listen. He'd be putting up Dom Smith numbers, getting paid thirty-five million dollars a year, if he was still, if we had the previous ownership. And it's it's not the same team, it really isn't. The fact that the Mets are already about to the All Star break and they'll probably still be in first place, that's that's pretty good. And I think that I don't think they're falling apart. I just think that they need help and they need to regroup, and hopefully they'll do that. Um, but Angel, listen, thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. It's funny we had Angel and Angel both on the show at the same yeah. time, so that, that that's a first in pure gold history. Yeah, well, it was fun. It was fun talking to the talking to the experience, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you so much. And you know, I mean, if you want to call back next week, hopefully the Mets will be in a better position. But I mean, we'd love to hear from you again. Just uh, make sure uh, right. that other angel that he takes he takes his medication because he's being too negative. He needs to be more positive. <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy. All right, take care, folks. That was the one and only angel calling us. From the, uh, I mean, I don't know what call it, calling from the Midwest. We had Angel from Woodland Park, New Jersey. I mean, it, just, it, was, it was a love fest for Angel, apparently. I'm going to take a quick break before we close out the show. Um, this has definitely been quite an interesting episode of Pure Gold, and we will be right back after this. I'm Kristen Ledloff, and you are listening to Pure Gold. One thing on everyone's mind these days is real estate. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home, contact Patricia and Renee Zengel with Keller Williams. Patricia has been in the business for 28 years and Renee 19 years, serving Bergen and Passaic counties. With their combined experience, dedication, and knowledge of the market, you'll be in the best hands. 100% service, 100% of the time. Call 551-265-5288. This is Alicia from WSU. This is Alicia from WSU. 
Joe has solar panels at his house, and he's been saving a lot of money thanks to Justin and Chris at Phoenix Energy in Hackensack, New Jersey. They are a great company, and they are setting up homeowners with no out-of-pocket cost roofs and solar systems. Contact them today for a free quote, 201-316-0162. Once again, that's 201-316-0162. This is Alicia from WSU Wrestling, and you need to tune into Pure Gold every week. The best talk radio out there. So make sure you listen to me and other guests at puregoldpg.com. Thank you so much, Alicia. We had a little technical difficulty there, but folks, we've had quite a show. Frank was on uh, for a while there. We were talking about a lot of different things that we had going on. Um, you know, we talked about minor league baseball. We talked about the Mets. We talked about the Yankees. We talked about all kinds of things. And, of course, you had Angel and Angel both calling in. So thankful for that. I mean, this was essentially um, a definite – Obviously, maybe, as Joey likes to say, a sports-heavy show. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for, for being out there. And I'd like to, um, I'd like to close out with a, with a thought. Uh, we always do PUD nuggets and whatnot. And my nugget this week would be about something very controversial. And I'm not going to belabor the point or get into it too much, but Roe versus Wade. I know that it's, it's on everyone's mind and people have been talking about it. There's been a lot of uproar. There's been a lot of cursing. There's been a lot of anger over the ruling by the, uh, the Supreme Court. And what, what boggles me about this, I'm pro-life, period, end of sentence. I mean, I'm not pro-choice, but, you know, it's the way that I was raised and, you know, my personal convictions and beliefs. And I'm not going to get too deep into that right now, but just throwing that out there, I've seen a lot of outrage and anger by women on the opposite end of the spectrum who are pro-choice, who are basically saying that we've gone back in time and we're regressing as a society. What I don't get is that it seems as if these women and these proponents of, you know, abortion and pure, uh, pro-choice, they make it seem as if, as if abortion has been outlawed across the country and now women can't get abortions. You know, really, it just was put back in the hands of the states so the states can make those decisions. Now, a state that I live, like the state that I live in, that's probably going to be illegal. Uh, Missouri made it illegal almost immediately. But then you have states like New York, New Jersey, Illinois, who are, who are probably most likely California, definitely, they're going to allow them. So you're going to probably have an influx of women who, who want abortions. Um, to those states, but it's not like it, you can't have it. And again, I have my reasons, you know, strong convictions for not agreeing with it and thinking it's wrong, but the, the rhetoric from the left comes across as if it's been outlawed forever and you're going to go to prison or executed if you even think about having an abortion. And that's, that's just not the case. It's not the case and it's been presented factually incorrectly, you know, and, and that's the bottom line. You know, whatever woman's reason for wanting to get an abortion, it just seems as if there's no other choice. It's just, you know, abortion on demand. And I just don't, I don't get it. I'll never understand it. But I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because this has really been manipulated by the media and the left to make it seem as if Republicans have taken us back in time and now a woman can't get an abortion under any circumstance. And again, although I personally disagree with it, um, that's just simply not the case and it's not true. So people re- really should get their facts straight. They should check things out. They should make sure, you know, cross your eyes and dot your T's beforehand. You know, I've seen some stuff like uh, Kane, a WWE uh, Hall of Famer, was cursed out and, you know, called a piece of blank because he supported, you know, the Roe versus Wade being overturned. And a lot of wrestlers just totally coming against him, attacking him, calling him names because of his thoughts on this. And we need to, as a society, be able to disagree on things. You know, we need to be able to disagree on, on, on heavily and vehemently on things and still be friends. 20 years ago that was possible, but nowadays it doesn't seem like it is. So 
that's my public service announcement, you know, for the evening. Just wanted to throw that out there. Folks, it's been a great episode of Pure Gold, a lot longer than I thought it would be, but there's so much to talk about, so many, you know, great callers and great members of the show calling in. So, you know, again, special shout-out to Joe. Hope he gets better. Hope he feels better immediately. Uh, thanks to Frank for, of course, being on and chiming in, and thanks to both the Angels for calling in. It was definitely uh, – history was made tonight, that's for sure. Thank you so much, folks. Have a wonderful evening, and we will see you next week, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, next Thursday. Woo! Enjoy your 4th of July and have lots of fireworks and hot dogs and hamburgers. See ya. I mean, you know, obviously, definitely, maybe, as we love to say. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right. You're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Great talk radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love Pure Gold. Pure Gold. I got two words for you. Pure Gold. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to follow Pure Gold on Blog Talk Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to Pure Gold on iTunes.